BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I've got visions in my head. People tell me that I'm crazy. I tell them that's exactly it. I've got reasons for my absence. People tell me that I'll burn out. Hi, y'all. Welcome back to the I Love You So Much podcast. I am your host, Kenzie Elizabeth. Today, as we are speaking, it is my last episode. Actually, that's not true. I'm recording a lot today. Basically, what I'm getting at is August 1st, I turn 25. Or on August 1st, I turn 25. I should be using proper grammar at this point. But I didn't, and that's okay. And I wanted to record an episode about my 24th year, what I learned, what I did. I tend to do these on the podcast. I love a good what I've been learning episode. I love a good yearly episode. Fun fact, I have logged my birthday every single year since my 16th birthday. So next year will mark officially like, I guess, 10 years and 10 years on YouTube, I guess. So that's pretty crazy. One of my first videos on YouTube was my 16th birthday vlog, which is wild that I am getting old. Just kidding. Actually, I feel like a lot of people like don't want to turn 25. Like that's the common thing I'm hearing within my friends and just online. It's the the chatter that I'm hearing, if you will. And no, I'm actually very excited to be 25. I feel like 25 is a great age. I've heard incredible things about the year. And I personally, for one, am looking forward to my 30s and 40s. That is when I will thrive the most. I already know. People in their 30s and 40s always tell me that. And it does bring me peace, but it's peace that's not needed because I know deep within my soul that I was born to be 40. Like I will be that person with a huge 40th birthday party just because I'm so excited to be 40. It's like a lifelong dream of mine, if you will. You know what's so crazy is that I'm actually not a huge birthday person myself. Like I love other people's birthdays, but I use my birthday and I, or I have in the past used my birthday as an excuse to gather everyone that I love all at once because for most of my life, and I will say not necessarily now because I definitely have like an established like friend group, like these are my best friends and everyone is friends with each other. But I will say for most of my life, largely in middle school times, big time in high school and college, I was a floater. Like I had friends in all different friend groups and I always really longed for that friend group that I had in middle school. You know what I mean? Like you dream of it and everyone says friend groups are toxic or a lot of people do say that. And, you know, I'm sure there are groups that are toxic, but like, you have to be honest. They're very efficient. Like, I like being able to just say, hey, everyone that I like, let's hang out. You know what I mean? Like, it makes it a lot easier. And as someone who was a floater for at least eight years, and actually more than that, probably, I'm loving the friend group lifestyle. I really am now that I've returned. However, back to what I was saying. 
you would think that I'm a huge birthday person because I like will do something every year normally. And that normally is because I have an excuse to get everyone together because before my friends weren't friends with each other. I had basically one or two really close friends at every single friend group. Like in high school, it was like, even when I look back on who I hung out with in high school, I'm like, you know, I don't know, who did I hang out with in high school? I posted a TikTok the other day that was inspired by a dinner conversation on Friday where friends that I was with that I've known since elementary school were telling me things that happened in elementary school that I was involved in. And I'm like, I don't remember a single thing. They could tell me what I was doing on like Tuesday at 7 p.m. in 2007. And I think I have maybe five memories from all of elementary school. And I really mean that. And I know that's like, you know, childhood trauma of some sort. Not to like, I don't know, something about those jokes are like tired to me, but I guess I just made it. So, you know, whatever. Anyways, where have I been going with this? I just drink coffee. Can you tell? Anyways, back to what I think I was saying, which is probably not what I was saying. I do love birthdays as like a benchmark. You know, I'm a very like goal-oriented person. I love planning. And I also love doing like what I've been learning episodes. Here's the thing though. I'm getting kind of old. Like I can't do 24 things I've learned in 24 years. Like that's a lot of things to learn in a year. And while I do think this is a very pivotal time in my life, I do think that a lot of the stuff that I would say if I was really reaching is just stuff I've talked about in this podcast so many times. So I am going to briefly go through some things that I've learned that I feel like were big highlights. Talk about like what I want for my 24th or 25th year. Also things that happened. I made a vision board for my 24th and we're kind of going to go through that and then answering questions together on questions that you should know by the time you're 25. So welcome to my quarter life crisis. If I'm being really honest, I think my quarter life crisis happened at 23, as we know, the worst year of my life. And yeah, I think this year I'm actually feeling pretty good. I'm excited. Like I said, I was born to be 40. Like I know in my soul. So that's just one year closer to 40, one year closer to 30 even. And I'm feeling good about that. Okay. For my birthday this year, some plans, if you will. I feel like I'm talking, updating all my besties. I'm going on a girl's trip to Austin, Texas, all of my best friends, most of my best friends and I are going or staying the weekend. We have a boat on Lake Travis. We're just gonna like go out and hang out, do like a movie night in in the Airbnb or do like a PowerPoint night, you know? Stay tuned on TikTok and for the vlogs because they might be some of our best yet, okay? So I don't know if I should be in a crisis. I think like, I'm just gonna say, welcome to my quarter life crisis. However, I do believe that that happened in my 23rd year, like I said. Some things that did happen in my 24th year. So many girls trips, which was something I really, really wanted to do. If I look on my vision board for my 24th year, it's so much of girls trips and just friendship. Like that was something that I cared definitely the most about, I would say. So many new friendships, not really, really just one that has become like so close to me as far as new friendships goes. But I think I've strengthened a lot of old friendships that have just like made my life so much better. I launched my own clothing brand, The Ogind, which has been a long time coming. Very exciting with one of my friends from college, Jessica, as you guys know. We had a ton of breadwinning housewife drops. I did my first ever live show in New York City. We did the first pop-up shop. A lot happened this year. It was a great, great year. There was an article on me in the New York Post. I'm trying to think of other things. I'm honestly blanking on them, but like you guys have seen it. If you follow me on Instagram, you know what I mean? Like you've seen it. 
things that I've learned in 24 years, but again, not 24 things because that's a lot of lessons that I just can't, I can't go back to, okay? The first thing I will say is 24 is so much better than 23. And if that gives you any peace, I love how, by the way, I had a bad year at 23 and I just have prescribed everyone to have like the worst year ever at 23. I'm sorry, but I will say I get an abnormal amount of DMs from people talking about how their 23rd year sucks or sucked or sucks or whatever, whatever the pretense past tense, whatever. And maybe that's just because I'm attracting people who hated their 23rd year because I said that. But basically my 23rd year was very confusing. I had an identity crisis. I didn't know what I was doing. I was very lost. Not that you ever really know what you're doing. And I think we're always slightly lost, but I was more lost than I've ever been. And I really restructured and redid my life, which I've talked about in other episodes, specifically in the episode titled, I believe it's I'm the happiest I've ever been and I'm doing everything I was told not to do. It's a solo episode and that kind of goes into that. The second thing that I've learned is friendships are not always permanent and that is okay. I don't love change when it comes to friendships. I would rather us all stay friends forever and there be no change and we always love each other. But sometimes friendships are just not always permanent and that is okay. And also another thing I learned Before this, I would have said like, oh my gosh, like I was holding on to friendships because I felt like those people had just been there for me in really bad times, which was true. But when I really started to think about it, I noticed that it was only the bad times that those friends were coming around for, which is a little bit weird. I think sometimes people want bad for you. And then I think other times people just thrive off chaos and that just isn't a healthy friendship. And sometimes friendships are not permanent and that is okay. Sometimes you take a break. And that is also okay. But that's a really hard lesson for me to learn because like I, again, I'm so bad at that. I am so excited because we are back today talking about Nine West. If y'all didn't know, Nine West arrived on the streets of Manhattan in 1978. The first to take shoe designs from the fashion runways to the masses, setting a new fashion standard for women's shoes and creating a demand for accessible style. I have these pink heels and they are so cool. I legitimately feel like I'm a Barbie when I wear them. They are incredible. Nine West is a brand that empowers women to take on the world in style. They're one of the world's most recognized brands. They define themselves timeless, feminine style, translating key trends into wearable and attainable collection of footwear, apparel, and accessories. Plus, they are so comfortable. Nine West also makes shopping trends easier with their Need It Now edit, also known as the Nine edit, that highlights key trends such as high-impact platforms, lace-up styles, and Y2K. They're with it, you know? For the perfect going-out shoe, shop their F collection. The F stands for fierce and feminine heels with a 3.8-inch stiletto. So y'all can get 15% off when you order online at ninewest.com with code I love you. Again, that's code I love you for 15% off your order at ninewest.com. Hi, I'm Pia Barangini, a creative director of LPA, an entrepreneur, a wife, and a dog mom based in Los Angeles. This is my new podcast, Everything is the Best, where we basically ask interesting people, how did you go from zero to yacht? I'm always curious how the hell people became successful, and I figured you would be too. Get on the internet with me. Let's laugh, let's cry, let's overshare, and let's get inspired to live our best lives. Check out new episodes every Wednesday. It's all for you, baby. Thanks for listening. Love you, mean it. The third thing, friends and family and the life you live is so much more important than like, quote, success. I will say this has been the most fulfilling year of my life. 
largely because of the friendships that I have. Like I say this all the time, but friends make the world go round for me personally. And that has been the best thing ever. I'm obsessed with my friends. I've talked about this so many times. We actually just recorded an episode together, the BFF episode a few weeks ago. Identity capital. So this is a concept that I learned about in the Defining Decade book. And essentially, identity capital was like finding different things. To me, it would basically allow me to explore different interests I had. So it was talking about how every time you find something you like or you find an interest, like each one of those things ultimately makes you who you are. So you basically are like, for me to take up horseback riding, that's like building identity capital because that's adding like a hobby or something that I like, cooking, reading, things like that. Just depends on what, who you are, what you want. But identity capital was a really helpful thing for me. Another thing is nothing clears my mind like journaling and I've never known myself better. And I fully credit that to journaling. It's so crazy how much we focus so much on building like friendships and relationships with other people, but not with ourselves. And I really believe that journaling has changed my life. And I'm actually, as of this morning, I started the artist way. So I'm doing 12 weeks of morning pages and then like one artist date a week, which I'm really excited for. But there is nothing that has made me understand myself better, grow more, kind of become who I want to be and really get to know myself and understand myself better than journaling specifically morning pages. You don't have to be so pigeonholed with your vision for life. Think even bigger, dream bigger. I've been working through limiting beliefs, allowing myself to change my mind. Like There's so many career things that I would have never imagined I would want to do that now I'm kind of like, you know what, actually, I think that one day I would maybe, you know, want to write a book of some sort or want to do this. And that has been very freeing to me. This was the year that I really explored my love for Nashville and Fort Worth. Those two cities make me so happy, like so happy. I'm also weirdly a heels girl now. I never thought I'd see the day, but I have so many heels and I love them. I love wearing heels. It's very, very weird. And finally, I will end with a quote, not end. I will end this segment with a quote from Ed Milet that is confidence is built by making promises to yourself and keeping them. And I could not agree more. This has fully changed my confidence. It's changed my relationship with myself. It's given me so much confidence. And I love it because it's really just built by how whatever promises you are making to yourself and keeping, but unbelievable. I made a list of a few things that I want for my 25th year. I want to do more things that scare me. I'm not comfortable really at all in life, but I could be, I want to push myself even more. I'm speaking for like thousands of people in a few weeks, and that's really scary. So that's something that I'm doing. Also, I really want to dive into marketing for the Okai, my clothing brand. I just have so many ideas that I feel like I'm best utilized for. Like obviously we're finding our footing, but I'm finding like what I can best use my time for. And so much of it is marketing. And I have so many really cool ideas that I'm excited to like implement this year. I want to do even more girls trips. I want to also focus on working smarter and not harder. I find that I will guilt myself if I have like an open afternoon or something, which is so weird because Brooke said this to us when we were in Cabo and I don't remember where she found the quote or even what the quote was, but essentially it was like, we work our whole lives in order to work less. But then when you work less, it's like seen as lesser or you're, you start shaming yourself, which is so interesting. And like, I am like a decade into my career. Not that that's like super long, but I didn't like just start working, but also I just want to work smarter. Not not that I don't want to work hard, obviously, but I want to work smarter because I feel like that is less anxiety and it is okay. Learning that it's okay 
to not have a packed schedule every 30 minutes. That doesn't mean that you're, your business is failing or you're not successful or whatever that is. Sometimes you actually are still working, working like a lot, obviously, but smarter. You know what I mean? I really want to host in country music like so bad. The ACMs are coming to Frisco, Texas. Amazon Prime, hit me up. I would love to go. But more than that, I would love to host. Like that is a dream. You know what I really want to do randomly? I want to go to, I'm like the biggest Chelsea Handler fan. And the fact that I've never gone to one of her stand-up shows is crazy. So I have probably, I think I've missed her in Dallas already. I don't even know if I'd be able to do that next year if she's like on tour or not. But I would love to see Chelsea Handler live. I'm obsessed with that woman. And then also I just want to do more cooking classes. So those are some things that I, I want for my 25th year. I want peace. I want friendship. I want tranquility. I don't even know if that's true. Okay, let's see here. I'm looking at my 24th year like vision board. So much of it came true. So much of it I still have probably a few years to come to fruition, but that is okay. I think it's good to have like big things to like scare you. You shouldn't achieve, I think, every single thing on your vision board in the time that you have, because that means you're making it too easy. That makes sense. Like you should have things that you're like, all right, cool. And I'm adding that to the next one. Or at least I operate that way because I don't want to settle and to not have big dreams and to make something like, you know, like, well, I don't know if I can do that. I'm not going to put it on there. Like, no, like I still want to put it on there because I do believe having it, you know, even if you have it on your vision board for five years before it comes to pass, I think that's important. Okay. So I wrote down like freedom, definitely feel a lot more free just on myself. Friendship. Yes. Family. Yes. Travel. Yes. Blossoming, becoming, I must've been reading some Michelle Obama stuff around this time. Yes. Peace and greater capacity, which I would say all that happened for the most part. So that feels pretty good. But I want to answer 25 questions everyone should be able to answer by the age of 25. Why did I sound like Charles Gross just now? Was that, why did I want to say James Charles? Charles Gross, like Birkin, you know what I mean? I've never sounded that peaceful before in my life. Not that that was peaceful, but just sounding like him. Question number one, what do I need out of a career in order to feel inspired and fulfilled? I think community is what comes to mind and also creativity. Like I, I'm so fulfilled in my career and I'm inspired in most ways. I've shared recently how I'm getting really uninspired with YouTube, but I think my inspiration's coming back. But ultimately I think community and creativity have like leave me feeling very inspired and fulfilled. What kind of love am I looking for? Right now I'm really just looking for love like with within friendships. I'm still not really looking to date necessarily. Like if it happens, it happens. But I would say like familial, familial. Okay. Why can't I say that guys? Familial. You know what? We're done with that. Family and friends. That's what I'm getting at. How much money do I need to feel secure? I feel financially secure, but you know, I, I can always use more money. I, I'll never say no. Okay. It says you may not be completely financially sound by 25, but you should at least have an idea of what your financial goals are and what you need to do to achieve them. So I would say I am financially secure, but again, like I started working almost like 10 years ago at this point. So my 25 year old experience doesn't count with that. And then I do have an idea of my financial goals, which is good, but I will say like financially, I'm very unorganized and like my CPA has to email me four times before I respond. Getting on a call with Fidelity stresses me out. Getting on a call with anyone stresses me out. Not as much as it used to, but like it stresses me out. You know, taxes, oh my God, nothing worse. 
I am so jealous of everyone whose friends are all getting married right now. I have one friend getting married this year and I'm going to the wedding and I'm very excited. It's my first friend that's gotten married. Really, Actually, no, that's not true. But basically, I'm not in that stage of my life just yet, but I'm entering it, okay? And I know, I know a lot of you guys are gonna be like, yeah, you say that now, but it gets really expensive, okay? And that is where Golden comes in. Golden, as y'all know, is my favorite go-to place for jewelry. I have beautiful gold necklaces, I have rings, I have jewelry, I just have things that I wear every single day. What I love so much about it is that one, it's beautiful, the quality is incredible, but also it's very affordable. They have very good, reasonable prices for what you're getting, which is high quality. And they have a 2022 bridal collection. It is beautiful, okay? So they have pieces for every moment of your big day and all the days after. So they have it for the bride to have and to hold on to. For the bridal party, you can share the love, um, which is so cute if you wanna like give your bridal party a little gift. And they also have commemorative jewelry for keeping the memories bright. Their mission is to make it by hand, make it personal, make a difference, creating connections and giving back through every purchase. They have modern personalization options that allow you to create a piece that tells a story. There's a million different ways to make it yours. The best part about it is they offer a happiness guarantee on all of their pieces, even personalized, which is crazy. Every piece comes with letterpress, gift-ready packaging, a handwritten note, and a jewelry care kit. It looks so fabulous. Each piece is also handmade just for you. You can choose your metal, size, and personal inscriptions to be hand-stamped by their makers, which is so special. So you guys can use code ILYSM at checkout for 15% off your first purchase. Again, that is visit goldengldn.com to find the perfect piece and make it yours. As established on this podcast many times, there is nothing that I love more than staying at home, not having to leave my house, being cozy. As I'm recording this, I'm plotting for the rest of the day how I can basically just spend the rest of the day inside. Because of that, I love apps, specifically the Macy's mobile app. You're able to take your shopping to a whole new level on the Macy's app. Get started with a style quiz for outfit racks tailored just to you. Then choose your faves to keep a running list of the looks that you get inspired. I'm a visual learner and I'm also a visual organizer for my life. So when I have these lists, it makes it a lot easier for me to like put outfits together, get ready faster. It takes the stress out of getting ready essentially. You can stay on top of online orders and returns or take advantage of their price checking feature and updated store maps the next time you swing by, which is a store map. I mean, like love. I don't have to ask someone questions, you know? I love that. Plus, Star Rewards members get special features like star money, updates, and exclusive savings sent right to their phones. Download today for iOS and Android. Which short-term pleasures am I willing to sacrifice for long-term fulfillment? So this is talking about like if you would have started your career three years ago and it says maybe you're willing to sacrifice your social life for a few years to get ahead career-wise. And I definitely did that from, I would say, 16 to 22. I really didn't have much of a social life. Not 16, maybe 17, 18. Actually, I would say, yeah, I, I don't know. There was a few years in there where I definitely sacrificed my social life. I don't know if I would do, I don't know. I say I don't know if I would do that now, but like, I don't know. I just have learned how fulfilling friendships make me, but I definitely have a strict schedule and like I know when I'm going to see my friends, if that makes sense. So if it was needed for certain things, I think I would, but I just don't feel like I'm in a place where I feel I need to 
sacrifice my social life in order to like get ahead career-wise. When do I feel the most proud of myself? Honestly, when I'm thinking of a moment, it's when I get the big email, like when it's an email about a live show or an email about an opportunity or a guest that I wanted on for so long or just like future things that are happening, that is when I would feel the most proud of myself. It's when I'm by myself. I don't know why that is, but it's like when I'm home by myself, working, that's it. What am I naturally good at and how am I harnessing that strength? I'm naturally good at talking to people. I wouldn't say how, I'm not talking about like how I articulate myself. I'm talking about like I'm just good with people and I have a podcast, so I'm harnessing that strength. Also, I'm very good at seeing the big picture and like creating campaigns and having ideas of basically like things that I'm going to be doing with Okind. What do I need to do to feel at peace with my body? I just feel at peace with my body when I'm active. You know, I like just staying active and like taking care of myself holistically. I'm not crazy strict. I don't have super like rigid things. I'm like, what I have to do, I have to not to do or anything like that. When I feel at peace is when I'm just like, you know, cooking from home and moving basically. What does self-care look like to me? In this current phase of my life, it looks like the artist way. I started the artist way this past week. I'm really excited about it. If you don't know what it is, look it up because I will probably do a whole solo episode on it when it's done. But essentially, it's kind of like harnessing your creative self and recovering your creative self. And I'm really excited. And that is what self-care looks like to me. I'll be going on like solo artist dates every week, which I'm really looking forward to. I think tonight I'll be doing that and journaling. Journaling is a huge self-care act for me. Working out is a huge self-care act for me. I just love it. Yeah, I don't know. I think also self-care is also to me spending time with my friends. What are my core values in life and how am I adhering to them? My core value, the thing that I like want to be known for is making everyone's world around me bigger. So whether that's like giving them an idea or helping them like believing in them in something or connecting them with someone that could help them with a, a dream or introducing them to someone that would be good for them, like things like that, just like making their world bigger is how I want to be remembered. Not, I don't really care about being remembered, but like that would be my core value in life. Which mistakes have I made over and over again and what is behind them? I have dated, I think, the same kind of guy in different ways a few times. And I mean, I've gone through this. Obviously, it's different per person. I don't think they're all the same, but I do think that I have settled a lot in dating in my younger years because I was trying to make myself smaller almost in order to like fit in and... I don't know. I, I, you know what I would actually say more than that? A mistake that I've made over and over, not necessarily even dating the same guy. I find myself abandoning myself a lot, whether that's in friendships or in relationships, maybe not as much anymore. I think this was something I've really worked on in the past year, but in relationships specifically, I will like abandon myself and in order to make it work with this person, which is really weird. And I think it's some weird psyche, like child of divorce thing of like trying to make something work to prove that you can because like your parents didn't make it work. However, it's interesting because I'm like, at the end of the day, I wouldn't have even wanted to be with that person. I don't know why I was abandoning myself so much in order to like meet their needs and figure out how to make this work for them. Like, why am I not focused on like, is it going to work for me? If it, you know what I mean? Like, I need to have a stronger sense of self when it comes to that in relationships. 
and just be like, you know what? Maybe this isn't it. Instead of just like trying to fix something that was never meant to be, you know? What or who keeps me grounded in life? I would say my dad and everyone around me, but probably my dad. What are the boundaries of my comfort zone and in which ways am I looking to push them? So for example, I can talk online to tens of of thousands of people, sometimes hundreds of thousands of people on the internet. And I love doing that. I love creating community. I love creating content. I love all of that, right? But I got asked to speak at this thing with a lot of people. And then I started getting nervous. And I was like, oh my God, that's like a lot of people. And I mean, I would never actually, when I commit to something, I commit. Like there's no way I'm not, no, I'm not leaving that. But I started getting nervous and I'm like, you know what? I'm pushing through this and I'm going to do it because I will be better after and it will be a learning experience for me and it will be good because I do want to do more public speaking. I do want to do more panels. I do want to like go to colleges more and things like that. So I'm pushing my way through that and I will be doing that like next week, really. So uh, pray for me, everyone. I'm scared. I am very excited to talk today about Seed because I have been using them way longer than they have ever been a sponsor on this show, on anything I've ever done. I am a customer myself and I love Seed. I feel like we all hear the word probiotic often. Maybe we don't really know what to do. I mean, they literally throw probiotic on everything like tortilla chips. And like, I knew that sounded way too good to be true, but I was still hoping, you know? But I have good news for you. The Seeds DS01 Daily Symbiotic is the real deal. It is a broad spectrum two-in-one probiotic and prebiotic. There's a 24-strain broad spectrum probiotic and prebiotic formulated for digestive, gut immune, and additional systemic benefits. The best part is a capsule and capsule protects against stomach acid, digestive enzymes, and bile salts for viability through digestion. So what does this mean? Basically, the live probiotics will actually make it to the end of the small intestine for delivery into the colon. Without that, it does nothing. So it's very important. So if you've taken a probiotic before and you've never felt a difference, it's honestly really likely because the good bacteria wasn't actually surviving your GI tract. Seed is designed differently, and that is why it works. It also supports benefits in and beyond the gut. Yes, seed will support ease of bloating, healthy regularity, and ease of evacuation, if you know what I mean. But it also will support your gut barrier, skin health, heart health, and micronutrient synthesis. That's what I notice the most is skin health. When I'm taking this, I feel like maybe I'm just a little vain, and that's what I'm looking at, you know? Skin health or heart health, all are important, okay? Um, But I will say my skin glows from it. It's sustainably delivered monthly which makes life so much easier. So you guys can start a new healthy habit today. Visit seed.com slash I love you and use code I love you to redeem 20% off your first month of Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic. That is seed.com slash I love you and use code I love you. I am recording to you live from my couch with both of my dogs, aka my best friends at this point, sitting right next to me. If y'all didn't know, I have an almost 70-pound golden doodle named Fitz. Yes, he is named after the president on Scandal. And then I have a 7-pound Morky named Coconut, who is, in fact, named after the American Girl doll dog. When it comes to dog food, it can feel very overwhelming. I want to make sure my dogs are getting really great food that is very good for them, but also good for my wallet, if you know what I'm saying. This stuff gets expensive, okay? And that is where Sundays comes in, okay? Sundays was founded by a vet who wanted to find the best food for her dog, which makes me feel like way better about this. Sunday's food is made with only whole, all-natural ingredients and zero synthetic or artificial ingredients. The best part about it is that it's fresh nutrition that's just as easy to feed is kibble. A lot of these other 
dog brands, I just find they're really hard. They make a mess when you, you know, when you're doing the bowl and you're going all around or whatever. No, this is really easy, okay? Sunday's food is also 40% less expensive than most brands at just $2 a day. Coconut was always a pretty easy eater. And then when I got Fitz, I started noticing he was so affected by what he ate. And that's when I really started to look into this. I now find they're a lot more regular. I definitely notice a shinier coat and I just feel a lot better. There's zero prep. The cleanup is like non-existent. It's so much easier to feed, the better nutrition. It's also way more affordable than the other brands. Honestly, guys, like I don't know what else to tell you. If you're not trying it right now, you need to, okay? So you can use code I love you at checkout for 35% off your first purchase, plus free shipping and a 100% money back guarantee. Visit sundaysfordogs.com slash I love you. Which internal battle am I facing or fighting, not facing? I would say like body image has come up for me a lot more this year than the recent years. Maybe just because your body naturally changes around your 25th year. But I will say I feel even more grateful though to follow people like Victoria Garrick and have seen their content for so long and Eli even. And just having like consumed that for years and then also going through like a weird body image time has been so helpful. So I'm just so grateful for them and I love their content. And I think I'm in a much, I know that I'm in a much healthier headspace than I would have been had I not followed them and looked up to them, even as friends. What kind of lifestyle allows me to thrive? One in Texas, one where I'm here with my friends. I'm in the good old state of Texas and I love the people here. I love the community. We don't need to keep going through that. I've said this a billion times, but that is what allows me to thrive. Which personalities challenge me in a positive way? I like people who are honest. Like I like people who don't make themselves smaller out of fear. Like I I would rather people voice their opinions to me about something than stay quiet because they don't want to like rock the boat. You know what I mean? So I like people who have opinions and who are like go-getters more so. And those are the ones that challenge me. What makes me a good friend or partner? I'm very loyal and I'm very like, like I I bring people with me, if that makes sense. Like I think that's another, I know that's a, I don't know why I keep saying, I think that is another big value of mine is like bringing people with me. And also I just like truly believe in the people around me and I always want more for them and the best for them. So I'm always like trying to help them because I think because I'm so lucky, I mean, I've worked my ass off, but I'm also very lucky to have a job that is so fulfilling, that I love so much, that has become very successful, like something that I just love to do and like turn that into a career. I feel very lucky in that way. So I'm always like trying to be like, hey guys, like what are you thinking? You know what I mean? Which sometimes isn't necessary, but yeah, I just think like making people's worlds bigger. What makes me a bad friend or partner and what am I doing about it? I think sometimes I'm just not as present as I could be if I'm stressed out. I very rarely am on my phone, but I'll find my, like last weekend at dinner, I'm like, oh, I'm on my phone so much. Like, what am I doing? I'm never on my phone at dinner, but I was making like a TikTok vlog for the night, which like made me be on my phone more. So that's something that I want to be more cautious of and just not do as much. Which of my long-term goals are most important to me? Career-wise, growing the podcast. And I want to do more live shows. Like this is like definitely the avenue I want to go down. And I also really want to write a book one day. And then just personal, like life-wise, I want a very healthy family and a very healthy marriage. In what areas do I tend to hold myself back and why? I have limiting beliefs around the level in which I can take my career, if that makes sense. Like I believe in myself, I believe in everyone else around me, but I will find myself some days 
thinking, oh, well, you know, they can do that. I can't do that. Like I've already, I almost, it's almost like weird. Cause I'm like, you know what? I've already gotten this much or I've already gone this far. Like, I don't know. Like that's good enough for me. Like they can do that. You know what I mean? That makes sense. And I, I want to stop having limiting beliefs around that. It's something I'm still like kind of working through. But yeah, that would be the way that I hold myself back the most. How do I take care of myself during the times when I'm not at my best? I'm not kidding. It's journaling. It's journaling. I'm, I promise you. What does self-actualization look like to me? So I had to Google what this was because like who even knows what self-actualization is? You know what I mean? Self-actualization is where personal potential is fully realized after basic bodily and ego needs have been fulfilled. Self-actualization occurs when a person is able to take full advantage of his or her talents while being mindful of his or her limitations. So it says, in your ideal world, what work are you pursuing? What skills have you mastered? Who are you surrounded by? And which goals are you achieving? Even if you are anywhere close to your big picture goals at 25, it doesn't hurt to maintain a vague idea of what they might look like. I have a certain type of home that I want within the next few years, which sounds like superficial maybe, but that's not why I want it. I want it to be able to host more and have like dinner parties and have a better working environment, like more of an office and things like that. That's something that I see. What work am I pursuing? This plus like writing, maybe more live shows, though kind, big time podcast stuff, like that kind of world. Skills, I would want to work on my writing and public speaking, surrounded by people like like-minded individuals, I would say. I have a vision for what I see in my head, if that makes sense. But basically, this is just saying it doesn't hurt to maintain a vague idea of what this might look like, which I have. What do I have to give back to the world? I think it's community, like giving people community, and then it's also making other people's worlds bigger. What makes it feel the most alive when I'm driving in Texas in the afternoon, blasting country music, and my windows are down? What do I want to accomplish before I die? There's so many different things. I don't know. I think ultimately like a healthy marriage and family actually would probably be the most important to me, but I definitely want to write books. Like that's just, I don't know. Maybe I'll change my mind, but that's just been on my mind so much lately. What have I been waiting to my whole life to do and why haven't I done it yet? I think writing. So back to a lot of the same answers, same questions. So I think that's it for my 25th birthday episode my 24th year was the best year of my life. I had the best time. I cannot express to you enough. I was just, it was so fulfilling. We had so much fun. I feel like I really had a good year career-wise, probably my best year career-wise. I really pushed myself out of my comfort zone in probably every, most areas of my life. And I also established like so many of the friendships I dreamed of. Like I remember when I was like 21, I would have killed to have a group of girlfriends because I think... This job is also very isolating and that's something that people don't really realize, obviously, because why would they do it? You know what I mean? But the job is really isolating and I always wish I had like a group of girlfriends that could go with me to things and I have that. And like, I don't know, a lot of this stuff is really just a dream come true. And I'm in a good place, which is good because, you know, 23 was bad. 24 was great. And I feel like 25 is going to be even better, guys. So hope you guys enjoyed this birthday episode. I love you all so much. And I will talk to you next week. We actually have a bonus episode going up on Monday. So stay tuned. Anyways, love you guys so much. And I will talk to you on Monday. Bye.